In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Happy New Year. Uh, one of the important things for us to always keep in mind, um, and maybe to reflect on from year to year, is uh, the idea of mercy. Um, you know, a lot of times by the end of the year, we can look back at our year, and maybe we have a lot more enemies than we did at the beginning of the year. We have people that um, have offended us, have hurt us, have done something to us, and uh, it's been difficult for us to let go uh, of those things, and we find ourselves clinging on to some kind of a hatred or some kind of, you know, uh, anger toward these people. And what happens from year to year to year is that we keep accumulating these things on us, and that over time we find ourselves maybe filled with anger and filled with, with hatred and filled with rage and filled with self-pity over all the things that maybe have happened to us. And I'm not trying to deny that these things happen. You know, we live in a broken world and we live with broken people and we ourselves are broken. And just as other people harm us and hurt us, we inadvertently, without wanting to, do the same to others. And so we live in this system that is a broken system that causes us to feel broken, that causes other, other people to feel broken. And so the question is, is how do we live together in such a system? How do we live together in a place where we know that other people are going to hurt us and we know that we are going to hurt other people? One person might say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be isolated. I'm gonna live by myself. I'm not gonna allow myself to be harmed again. So I'm gonna isolate myself, separate myself so that I don't have to be exposed to people anymore. And, and usually it takes some time to get to that point to say, you know what, I'm not going to be, I, I don't like people. I don't wanna be with people, okay? But at least it starts one person at a time. This specific person, bothered me, insulted me, cursed me, cheated me, rejected me, oppressed me, stole from me, mocked me, whatever it is. And so I, I harbor resentment against this person and I say, this person, I'm not gonna deal with them. And then maybe a few months later, there's another person that comes and does the same thing, something to me that bothers me. And I say, you know what, this person, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deal with them anymore. And after some time, we find ourselves that no matter where we go, there's always that person that we need to avoid. There's that one person that, and if I see them, my day is ruined. And I, if I see that they're over there, I go, I go the other way. And I don't want to see them. Because if I see them, it ruins my day, makes me angry, makes me lose my peace. And some people, to an extent, they say, you know what, I'm not even going to go to the place where I know that person is. If it's a, like, a, like an outing and I know that person's there, I'm not going to go. If it's in the church and that person is there, I'm not going to go. What is the, what, where, where is this leading us? If everywhere I go, there's, there's people that have hurt me and I can't overcome this and I can't forgive this and I can't move on from this. And so this is why I'm going to talk about today the idea of blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. The merciful are the ones who not can escape from being hurt, not can pretend that they were not hurt or, or dismiss the act that was done as though it wasn't, it wasn't actually as bad as, as, as I think. No, it was bad. It's not, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to say that, you know, say that whatever it is that this person did to me wasn't really a big deal. No, it might be a very big deal, what they did. And actually what we do to God is a big deal. What we have done to Him for, for millennia is a big deal. Okay, but what is God's response to our sin against Him? It is mercy, right? Mercy is to give someone something that they don't deserve. To spare them from judgment that they do deserve. Right? It, is not, it is not to try to dismiss their action as not being painful or hurtful. Okay? 
Um, in, in Matthew 18:15, it says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Right? The, I need to make an effort to reconcile with my brother. Right? This is what he's saying. is if, if my brother sins against me, what is the first thing I should do? The first thing I should do is not run away. The first thing I should do is not fume and anger inside myself and never speak. The first thing I should do is to go and talk to this person. Right? Because I want the relationship to be smooth. I want the relationship to work well. What should I do? I should go talk to this person. And if what? He hears me. I have gained my brother. Right? I have resolved things. Right? I don't just leave them. But sadly, what sometimes do we resort to? We resort to revenge. Okay? To revenge. And in, a, in, a, in, the, in the human world, and in, in this world that we live in, uh, revenge is very much acceptable. It's very much something that you know, we do. If somebody curses me, my first instinct is to curse them in return. Okay? If someone hurts me in some way, my first instinct is to hurt them in return. Romans 12 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give, your, give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But we know all of this because we are orthodox. And we know that revenge is bad. And none of us would ever admit that we actually revenge because that's very not good. And no one wants to be that. right? So instead, instead of revenging, which seems so obvious, right? We do what? We label people, okay? Which is much less obvious, which we feel justified to do, and we feel that is necessary, and we feel that, okay, maybe I'm not going to take revenge against you. Maybe I'm not going to go hit you the way that you hit me. Maybe I'm not going to blurt out the same curse that you blurted against me, but I will label you as a certain kind of person, and I am better than you, right? And this is the, this is the bottom line. We label people. If someone was rude to me, we label them, this is a rude person. Their whole, we categorize their whole personality as you are a rude person. If someone says one bad word, then you are a mocker, you are an insulter. If someone steals one thing, you are a thief. You know? if, if, if someone does one thing wrong, like one, one, one thing wrong in traffic, like somebody cuts us off, they're automatically a bad driver, right? Because of one incident. But when we do the same, when we are cut somebody off in traffic, whether intentionally or unintentionally, when we accidentally say something that we shouldn't say, when we do something out of anger that we shouldn't do, we don't label ourselves that way. We don't say, you know what, I'm a thief, I'm a bad driver, I'm an insulter, I'm a cursor, I'm, you know, we don't label ourselves this way, but we're very easy and quick to label other people this way. And this says something about us as Christians, that even though to a large extent, we might avoid the idea of revenge directly, but this labeling is an indirect type of revenge and a judgment that we make on other people. In Matthew 7, it says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Right? So if we're going to have some kind of a judgment, God is going to use this judgment, saying, okay, this is the judgment you use, I will use this judgment against you. And if we're honest with ourselves, we find this judgment that we apply to other people. If, if, if God were to use it against us, we're going to be in big trouble, very big trouble, because there's no way I can escape judgment, right, when, when I am the judge. When I am the judge, I judge unfairly. When I am the judge, I'm biased in my judgment. And so if God uses that same judgment against me, then we really have no hope, okay? So we look at ourselves and we always consider our, ourselves to be like diligent, moral, creative, hardworking, upright people. This is the way we label ourselves, but we tend to uh, label other people in a different way. And so this is why there is an importance for mercy, 
right? Mercy means what? Someone did hurt me and harm me, but instead of giving them what they deserve, instead of them receiving some kind of a punishment for that, instead I will give them mercy. I will, I will forgive. I will, I will. It doesn't again doesn't mean that I downplay what they did, right? But in order for our for for, for my life to function. In order for me to receive the same mercy from God, I must show mercy to people. I must show them mercy. Even if they harmed me, even if they did something that really hurt me, I have to show mercy. And even if that mercy, if it's some very extreme act that they did against me, that makes me feel like I can't even be in their presence anymore because I'm so disturbed, but at least inside of me, I have forgiveness. Inside of me, I don't, I don't hold against them what it is that they've done, and I see myself as them. I am them. I am the same as them. I, I sin just as them. I do just as them. I am not any better than them. And if I look at myself and I think that I am better than them, it's maybe because I don't know myself very well. Okay? And our society needs mercy. If you look at the world that we live in now, maybe at no other time in history has there been less mercy than there is now. Okay? What is the definition of mercy? It's compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Within one's power to punish or harm. Meaning it is within my ability to punish you and yet I choose not to. I choose to show you mercy. We always speak in our society about how our society is becoming much more tolerant. You know, we're very tolerant of different groups and we're tolerant of different beliefs. But what is the true definition of tolerance? When someone offends me personally, okay, when someone harms me personally, how tolerant am I of them? Do I feel tolerant in that moment? Do I feel like, you know, I'm still able to forgive this person? I'm still able to have a relationship with this person? I'm still able to move forward with this person? Or do I feel so offended saying, you know what, you're, you're a bad person, I'm going to label you. You're a bad person, you're, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a deceitful person, you're a gossiping person, you're a thief, you're whatever it is, and so I can never deal with you again, okay? True tolerance is to have patience with those who personally offend us. Okay? True tolerance is to give people second chances and not to judge them from the very first time. Okay? True tolerance is to forgive people that have harmed me. Okay? And if we can't do that individually, then we can definitely not do that as a society. There's no way we can say that our society is a tolerant society when each of us individually is very intolerant. And this leads to many things. For instance, um, we speak about, for instance, in our schools that we have a problem with bullying. Right? Bullying is like at an all-time high, very, very bad problem that we have. And what is the solution that people have in order to try to curb bullying? They make policies, right? like educational policies, and they say, you know what, we're going to have a zero-tolerance policy for bullying. Anytime there's, a to there's bullying, you're going to be punished, you're going to be kicked out of the school, you're going to be suspended, you're going to be whatever, and we try to scare people out of bullying other people. But when these kids go home and they turn on the TV, what they see is an entire world of adults bullying one another. You turn on TV shows where people are constantly making fun of other people. People are constantly pointing out the weaknesses and faults of other people. In the news, if you, the news is constantly nonstop, like what it is, it's a constant nonstop 24-hour bullying session. Is you're bullying everyone about everything and there is nothing but bullying. Very little actual news, very little actual facts and information because even the facts and information have been twisted to, uh, to make one group or one person appear worse than they are because I hate you, because I am against you. So when our kids grow up in such a society and in such a, you know, an atmosphere, of course they're going to be bullies because this is, the, this is what adults do. If I as an adult cannot forgive, then how am I going to teach my kids to forgive? If I as an adult 
pick out all of the weaknesses of other people and make them known, how are my kids not going to do the same? But if our kids, on the other hand, they see that we are hurt, but yet we forgive, and they see that we, you know, we ourselves, when we hurt other people, we, we seek to, to like forgiveness, and we want to reconcile with the people that we hurt, and we apologize, okay? This is going to make things much, much better for us and much better for our children that we live this life of mercy as God himself has shown mercy on us. And like I said, this is a problem for our whole society. Why is this happening? Okay, I think the, the main reason that this idea of lack of mercy has come up so much now than it used to be, we used to have you know anyone who was alive 50, 60 years ago maybe can attest to the fact that our society back then was much more civil we had a lot more respect for one another. We had much more like careful about what we say, what we don't say, not wanting to hurt other people's feelings. What is it that's changed? Well, I think what's changed is that we have a lack of self-awareness today. We have a lack of self-awareness. I have no idea who I really am. I have no idea who I really am. And because of that, I feel that I am perfect and I have no flaws and no weaknesses and no mistakes. I'm not familiar with them because I don't try to discover them. I don't examine myself. I don't look at my actions. I don't do anything because I have no time to do it. You know, we have become blind um, to who we really are. Our whole society as a whole is very, you know, um, external, focusing very much on the external and very much on the internal. For instance, we understand nature so well we understand science and discoveries and all these things and we know about stuff that exists hundreds and thousands and millions of light years away and we've seen it and we've studied it and we know all this stuff about it and we talk about it and we're so proud of ourselves because we know these things. But we don't look inside of ourselves and say, what is here? What is close inside of me? Why is it that I do what I do? Why is it that I act the way that I act? Why do I have the thoughts that I have? Okay, We don't know ourselves because we've lost touch of our own psyches, our own personal weaknesses, our own strengths, everything. And because I don't know myself, okay, I find myself always judging other people, not even realizing that I'm doing the same thing that these people are doing, except I do it in different times, in different ways, maybe, than they do. You know, if you look at how much time we spend now just silent, how much time do I spend silent? I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. You know, how many times, you know, we're like stopped at a stoplight, in the car and the first instinct we have is to pull out our phone and do something even the few seconds that we're you know have without having anything in particular to do or to focus on i've lost the art of simply just contemplating simply just thinking simply just looking at my life looking at myself thinking what is it that i'm doing even when it comes time to pray our, we're fixated with the idea of finishing our prayer as much as possible fast as possible so we can feel good that i pray today and then go on with my day how much, how, how, how much harder is it just to say, you know what, I'm going to take some time and just reflect on my life, reflect on myself. You know, there used to be a time, I remember, like, you know, when I was younger, before there was cell phones, that when you go, like, to a doctor's office and you're waiting to be seen, you had nothing to do. People opened magazines. But that was the extent of what you could do in a doctor's office, or that you would actually have to wait in line, and in the line, there would be no phone. There's nothing you can do. You didn't have anything to do. And so in those times... You actually were forced to think a little bit, to think about things. And you might think about all kinds of different things, but part of the things you thought about was yourself, your life, your decisions, you know? And, and, and part of that helped me to be aware of who I am so that I can go into relationships with other people, not blinded, not knowing who I am, but very clearly knowing my own weaknesses. So when I know my weaknesses, 
when I see another person committing those weaknesses, committing those sins, I'm not so quick to judge. I'm not so quick to pounce on them. But I think to myself, you know what? I'm going to show mercy to this person because I myself am not deserving of God's mercy that he gives to me. What are some consequences um, of this problem of not having mercy? In Matthew 5, 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Right? When someone is merciful, they obtain mercy. When I have mercy for others, I receive mercy for myself for, from two different sources. Okay? The first source, obviously, is God. He is the source of mercy. I want to receive God's mercy, so I must be merciful. Again, God will judge me according to the judgment I use for other people. But another one is I receive mercy from people. If you have a reputation for being a merciful person, if you have a reputation for you know, not trying to bring to light the weaknesses and the mistakes of others, then other people will appreciate you for that. Other people will look at you and say, this person is a very kind and good person. I feel comfortable being with this person. They will respect us because we are merciful to them, because we cover their sins, because we're not so quick to jump on every weakness that they have. And unfortunately, this is the world we live in. You know, for instance, let's say in a work atmosphere. In a work atmosphere, if somebody makes a mistake, if something wrong happens, the first thing everyone tries to figure out is who is to blame. And this person that is to blame, they're trying to not accept responsibility for what it is that they did because they know that if they accept responsibility, then they might get fired. You know, something bad is going to happen to them because we live in a society where there always has to be somebody wrong and that person who is wrong has to be crucified for what they did. We can't, we can't just... We can't just have mercy. We can't just say, okay, you know what? Maybe this was a mistake. It's okay. We'll do better next time. Let's learn from the mistake. No, instead, we have to what point and say, no, you are you are at fault. So this one consequence. Another consequence, we read in uh, Proverbs eleven seventeen, the merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. He who is cruel troubles his own flesh. Why? Why does a person who is not merciful trouble his own flesh? Because a merciful person has a pleasant life, much more than a non-merciful person. A merciful person can forgive. So a merciful person doesn't have a life filled with enemies everywhere that they go. Not because his interaction with people is different than anyone else. It's because his response to other people is different than other people, right? I might go to all the same places that another person goes, and I might have all the interactions with other people, but one person is very sensitive and very takes everything personally and is very easily offended. And when they are hurt, they don't forgive. And so they have enemies everywhere. They have enemies everywhere. Why is it that some people, their entire life is filled with people who, who are their enemies, whereas another person is not? Is the problem with everybody or is the problem with the person? Right? Maybe I, 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 I'm just not willing to let go of things. I take things too personally. I take things too harshly. And, and, and even what's you know, justified, I'm not willing to let go and to say, you know what, I forgive you for, for what you have done. So a person lacking in mercy is very easily stressed, very easily has broken relationships, not long-lasting relationships, have unresolved pain and anguish. And because, Again, it's not about what's happening to them as much as how, what their response is to what's happening. Again, I'm not trying to discount that there are situations that you know, are extreme and, and that people might hurt us. Right? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to discount that. But I'm saying a lot of our day-to-day -day interactions can result in animosity and anger between people and especially maybe between spouses that can be easily avoided and just saying, you know what, I forgive you. 
I don't agree with what you did, but I forgive you. Let's get on with our lives. Instead of making a big deal of who was right and who was wrong and all this, just as maybe you hurt me in the relationship, I'm also going to hurt you. Okay, so let's just agree to be merciful to one another and just say, okay, you know what? Let's just keep going. This is not important. Let's just keep going and try to resolve whatever that we can. So in conclusion, I would say when we look back in the year of 2018 and we say, what is, you know, one of the greatest things that we can do to try to close out the year is to think about those people who maybe have hurt us and instead of adding on to the list, adding along to the pile of people that I already have in my mind of who are my enemies, the people that have upset me, the people who have hurt me, the people I want to avoid, the people I want to be isolated from, the people that I can't forgive. Instead, I, want, I say, you know what, I'm going to forgive these people. All the people in 2018 that harmed me, I'm going to, I'm going to forgive them. And next year, I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm going to start forgiving also the people that have hurt me in the past. So that God willing, on, on the day where I go to heaven, I can honestly look to God and say, God, I have no enemies. I have had mercy on everyone. Now please have mercy on me, just as I have had mercy. And this is what Christ said. He said he, said he will have mercy on us, and he will judge us according to the same judgment that we have others. We gain nothing by judging. We gain nothing. We don't, we don't get revenge. We don't hurt. We don't justify anyone. No, we, are, we ourselves gain nothing by having judgment for others, but we gain everything by forgiving and having mercy toward others just as God has mercy on us. So may God grant us uh, a blessed 2019, one that is full of hope uh, and full of reconciliation and love and peace um, between us and our friends and our family. And glory be to God forever. Amen.